the Analana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Alana and Wendy's totally excellent get literary podcast. Today is series one, season one, episode five of our vaguely romance novel focused two person, three person today. Yay! Yay! My name is Alana and I'm one of your hosts today. Today we are discussing Amish Vampires in Space by Carrie Needs. And we have a special guest, Justin Roberts from All Out of Ideas. How are you, Justin? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. As we were talking about, we are a big fan of your podcast. So <laughs> it's good to have you on ours as well. Uh, and Wendy, how are you today? I'm great. Cool, cool. Just cool. drinking some beer in the morning. technically it's now it's now okay on the weekends noon is still the morning for me (laughs) it doesn't matter what time i wake up i'm still like ah it's the morning yeah absolutely like i just woke up like 35 minutes ago (laughs) i've i've been like so my husband is a morning person so now i am a morning person too like i wake up at seven o'clock on the weekends like i'm that person so, but I go to bed at like ten thirty, and so like when people want to do things late, I'm like, nah. <laughs> You're right. You're like, oh, I'm gonna stay home and sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me about it later. <laughs> um. So I think we'd start with a little introduction. So how do so Justin and Wendy? You guys know each other in the hot happening um, metropolitan area of Little Rock, Arkansas, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. As part of like, because isn't that your trope, Wendy? Is your like graphic designer, hot pers- hot lady of the city, you know? Yes, that yes. that would be the romance novel that I'm part of. <laughs> so how do you? Me, how do you? Yeah. <laughs> um, we met through our mutual friend Danielle, mm-hmm. and um, she still hasn't been on either of our podcasts. No. So maybe what? she's our former friend, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. I know. Um, I'm. I'm. Just, when you asked earlier, like how we met, and I was just like, "How did we meet?" <laughs> like, I, I guess it hasn't been so that long. long. Yeah, it really hasn't. But it, <laughs> I think it was just, uh, you know, we were hanging out with Danielle, and we just got drunk together. Yeah, and, and that's how friendships remember, are made. Do you remember you? Um, you challenged me to a moonwalk off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so we actually did the moonwalk? Yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> Poorly. <Okay. laughs> but it was decided that you won. Yeah. Okay. By unanimous yeah. vote. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Daniel good. and Wong were there as well. Yeah. I I basically am I'm less not sure if I believe that. I think we're gonna have to have a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it right now. <laughs> that would oh, that gosh. would be the thing that would be least awesome to do in a podcast. Is a moonwalk. <laughs> Something completely visual like moonwalking. <laughs> we'll just tell you how we did. Uh, well, that's how I meet all my friends. Is I challenge them to moonwalks. So why not? That, that would make sense to me. And then if they pass, you have a book club with them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we we talked about, not on podcast, but one time when I was talking to Wendy is like, like I have all of these book clubs, like I have like five different book clubs, 
And so she thinks that's that's how I make friends is like that's tier one, tier two friendship for Alana. Is I'm like, all right, but can we read a book at the same time and then talk about it? Like, I have to be in bed at 10 30. I'm like one step away from knitting, you know? Okay. So I'm going to tell you guys, I made another artisanal pop cocktail this time, and it is called the Scrow- the Scrattle Box, I decided, because oh, that's yeah. the thing, the thing that, and it sounds like it should be like a old-timey cocktail, like, ah, I had too many Scrattle Boxes <laughs> last night. <laughs> All scrattled up today. Um, and it has a mix, um, we're going to post the recipe, but it has gin, and it has um, uh, Calypso Ocean Blue Lemonade, which has you know, lots of blue in it, and, and a lot of lemon. Is it, is it blue? Is the drink blue because yeah. their uniforms are blue? Yeah, because everything okay. in this book is blue. Everything yeah, the is ship blue. is blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like, I'm sorry, is... I didn't mean to interrupt. No! <laughs> interrupt a, yeah. The ship is blue, everything's blue, and I also, I put a maraschino cherry in it, the bottom of it, so it looks like it's, like, bloody on the bottom. Ooh, nice. Nice touch. Pretty fancy. Pretty fancy. <laughs> How's it taste? It, it tastes very much like it was created with ocean blue lemonade. It, it's got a very uh, manufactured taste to it. I muddled some rosemary in it just to be a little bit fancy about it, but yeah. you literally cannot taste the rosemary. It's mostly for fanciness. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's pretty good. You cannot taste the gin, which is a little bit dangerous. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah. Anyway, and you guys are having fancy beer, I hear. What type yeah. of fancy beer? We um, we didn't plan this, but yeah. we're, we're both re- drinking Moss 40. Um, sorry, that's my dog. And thunder. <laughs> and thunder. Um, she protects me from thunder by barking at um, We're both drinking Lost 40, which is a brewing company in Little Rock. And I am trying out the Look-See Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am drinking the Love Honey Bock. Which is always a good choice. And it's delicious. <laughs> are there, are there a lot of breweries in Little Rock? Kind of. Yeah, there's... Like, there's been, a like, a, a surge of breweries, like, I, I would say in, like, the last five years. Just, like, there's a new brewery just popping up everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I think I think Lost 40 Brewing is probably probably one of the best right now, would you say? Mm-hmm. In my opinion. The one, the one whose beer I like the most. No? So, I like, I like <laughs> Diamond Bear. Oh, okay. Sure. Cool. <laughs> um, so I'm going to switch to talking about what we're reading or watching. Um, so I guess, Wendy, what are, you, what are you reading these days? Let's see. I'm kind of at like a, an in-between time. I just finished all that I could finish with Alana Andrews on, on um, audiobook, and, um, which is always good. It's always fun. And now I'm just kind of like wading through the overdrive. I, I just read from A to Z in romance <laughs> novels on audiobook. And I'm in I'm an I right now. And right now it's Alexandra Ivy. And it's kind of boring. But um it's a vampire book. Yeah. Other than that, um I am reading Tessa Dare, 
Um, I just finished uh, a book that I bought on the Kindle Daily Deals, which was A Date with a Duke. That was (laughs) 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 And I was just going to skim it, and then I ended up finishing it. So um, I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) I liked it. It was good. (laughs) I I, I love a good Duke deep story. Yeah. It's funny because I couldn't remember the title of it for a while because his thing in the book is that he shows up at the each ball at midnight and then dances one dance and then leaves. <laughs> and so <laughs> so he's called the Duke of Midnight. Ah. But there's another book that's called the Duke of Midnight. Because oh, like <laughs> there's ah. there's just a lot of Duke things. Yeah. So. There's just there's just so many Duke things. Yeah, so I, I thought for a while that it was called the Duke of Midnight, but then it ended up that wasn't the right one. But it's still good. I love Tessa Dare. And Justin, I hear that you are you are um, watching Twin Peaks right now. Yeah. I um I don't normally read that often. <laughs> And I think after this book, I might continue to not read. Uh, <laughs> might continue with that. But uh, yeah, I watch a lot of television, and uh, me and my wife are just now going through uh, Twin Peaks again because the new season of Twin Peaks is on Showtime. Uh, and uh, it's funny, like we were talking about it, and it's such a weird show. I don't know if you have you guys ever seen it. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird show, but um, I was talking to my wife about it, and it's like I've been telling people for years. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you got to see this show! It's like so amazing." And then after rewatching it, I was like, mm, "I don't know." It's, <laughs> this show kind of comes with a disclaimer because it's just so <laughs> bizarre and uh, very David Lynchian. So you really kind of have to be into his stuff already to appreciate it. Uh, so like does that make you regret your like thousands of recommendations of it like, yeah <laughs> you're like you have to you're yeah. like oh my god That's i'm that I've guy telling people like normal people like people <laughs> that aren't weirdos like me that like my mom and stuff was like oh you gotta check out twin peaks and like there's no way like <laughs> mom's gonna be in twin peaks at all uh, <laughs> it's too strange <laughs> i hate that moment when you revisit something you love and then you're like Oh. <laughs> yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. I've given so many recommendations that that end up being not great that I just eventually am just like putting a, a disclaimer on all my recommendations cuz cuz I a lot of people don't like what I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Get, like the problem is I get super excited about stuff that I like. And so people are, like, excited with me, and they're like, let's check it out. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you should not. (laughs) But sometimes I'm like, maybe it could be. Maybe it could be. And I, like, psych myself into believing that other people will like it. And, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I have that problem when people are like, oh, what book should I read? And I don't, I'm like, I don't know, like, that's a a large amount of commitment to, like, try and tell you what you should read. I mean, I even, I recommended one book to Wendy, The Poison Princess, and Mm -hmm. even as I talked about it, I'm like, this does not sound as good as I remember. Just like, as I, as I was said, I'm like, oh, I hope she likes it. But yeah. It was all right. Yeah, see, it wasn't, it's not, like, amazing. And then you, sometimes you, like, like when you return to a series, you're like, oh, this is, like, really not as good as I thought it was going to be. 
<laughs> I would um, take a recommendation from you. It's oh. you have to like know people also. Like, yeah. It's weird to just like come up to a stranger and be like, "You should read this yeah. book." Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's no. good to do that to a stranger about anything. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like I feel like that happens to me with like Jane Austen. Like I love Jane Austen so much, and it's been a long, enduring love that everybody knows that I love it. But like people get upset Mm -hmm. sometimes. The fact that I love Jane Austen. Why? I don't know. <laughs> like they think that like I'm making fun of them or something. Like say, they're saying you're not smart enough. Yeah, like, they're not smart enough to like Jane Austen. Oh. Yeah, or, or some, some people like, are so fancy. You and your Jane yeah, Austen. yeah. And I'm like, I'm not telling you to read it. And then people <laughs> go, like, they always come up to me and they go, I hate Jane Austen. I'm like, well, what? good for you. <laughs> like, it's not no, for it's... everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's kind of like, I'm a librarian, and, like, I'm the type of librarian that doesn't buy books. Like, I don't buy a whole books, but people still need to tell me about, like, how they, you know, they think, like, libraries are, like, really important or something, and I'm like, great. Like, that doesn't affect my life, you know. Like... <laughs> or, I, or I just love books, and I'm like, great, cool. Um, I don't. I'm a business librarian. I don't buy books, but good for you. <laughs> no, but you do that stamping thing. Like, like the oh, Mary. <laughs> she doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I got really excited. <laughs> which you should, which you should. I don't know what she's talking about. I guess like also you know, like I have a lot of street cred as when you're a librarian, people think that. Um, that you know your shit. Yeah, exactly. Which you do. Mm-hmm. And right. those are those are the only librarians that we see, like yeah, at yeah, all yeah. times. Like they're the yeah. they're the front person. The front is people. that person that's like sitting behind the desk and like looking at a book, and yeah. then taking our books, and yeah. then staying there. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep. So, in terms of other books I'm reading, um, uh, I just finished. I have a bunch of book clubs today. Um, so I just finished a bunch of books. Um, so I, um, I finished Hag Seed, which is by Margaret Atwood, and it's a retelling of The Tempest. Oh. Um, as if it, what took place sort of in a correctional facility in Canada. Um. Fun. But was also in a sort of meta way about a literary Shakespeare program that is creating The Tempest. Um, inside of this correctional facility. It, I liked it. I thought yeah. it was, like, really clever, and I could tell... Um, that Margaret Atwood was having a really good time writing this because she gets to write raps. <laughs> and I saw her in person she and she raps. like and she did like several of the raps and you could tell she was so jolly about that idea. Like, <laughs> I'm at the point in my she's like, yeah, whatever, handmaid's tale, but I get to rap right now. Which is how I would be if I was Margaret Atwood. Um, I also read the um, Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Um, mm-hmm. Spoilers, there's like the Underground Railroad is, like, the coolest part of the book. Like, because it's a literal Underground Railroad. They retold the story of the Underground Railroad like it was a steampunk railroad, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, but, doesn't sound but that yeah. stealthy, though. It doesn't sound what? It doesn't sound that stealthy. Like, no. It doesn't sound like a cloud, yeah. <laughs> it, it sort of falls apart. Of yeah. It, 
falls apart as a concept, basically. Like, <laughs> you're like, this doesn't really work. But, but you can tell he's real excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I read those two things. I also just finished All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people read in high school. Um, it is a really graphically violent book. People's heads are getting blown off, like, all the time in that book. So I don't know why they read it in high school. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe many, because of that. How many book clubs are you in? <laughs> I, I'm you, in that was three books. So do you have three book clubs today? Uh, no, I have two other book clubs today. Oh, okay. So that's, I, that makes me sound it. But everything, because I'm leaving next week for vacation, all my stuff is like now, Been pushed so. forward. Yeah. I, I may have a problem is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's worse problems. <laughs> Alana, Alana likes to like have one-on-one book clubs. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's like me and one other person. Like, I have a book club with my dad. Like, just okay. me and my dad. And this book club I have is like with for Hagseed is like two people. So yeah, I, I like super small book clubs, like this one. <laughs> but let's speak. Let's move on to without further ado our book this month, which was sort of selected. By Wendy. So, Wendy, how did yeah, you boy, select boy. this book? <laughs> I'm just going to throw her under the bus. This is your fault, Wendy. Oh, God. Okay. So, I get the newsletter from um, Smart Bitches Trashy Books, uh, which is a website that um, talks a lot about romance novels. And um, somebody mentioned um, this book. And they just mentioned it in passing. And so I was, like, super excited. I thought it was hilarious. Um, And then I was, like, texting Justin, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? You know? And and then (laughs) I should have looked more into it. Because also, like, the podcast that they were talking about it, they they put, like, images of the books that they mentioned. And they just mentioned it offhand. So nobody said, like, it's a good book. It's a bad book. (laughs) But, um, and then, and then we read it. And then, and then I was like so upset later when I fully grasped how, how this book is because it's not a romance, it's Christian. I don't know why I didn't think of that. And, <laughs> and it's also written by a dude, oh. which is like, generally I don't like those. Yeah, it is problematic. <laughs> I, I was, because when you, you sent me a message about doing this podcast and like reading this book, I was like, fuck yeah, like that sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, and then like 200 pages into the book and like there's still no vampire stuff and I'm just like, what the fuck is this that I'm reading? <laughs> it's just so dull. It's so boring. It's and I think that might be what Mennonite fiction is like. I think that there's this this sort of like just life out on the farm type of thing going on, right? Like maybe that's the genre. I've not read any Mennonite not Mennonite, but like, you know, like Amish fiction of any type. Because that's a genre. Yeah. Um, and I've known several people who are super into that genre. Um, which I cannot imagine because it just seems really super boring. But you know. Is there romance in it in, in these books typically? Yeah, that's yeah. why I was confused because like Amish romance is a genre. Mm-hmm. Like it it should be 
It should have been Amish. I mean, it should have been romance. But it wasn't. It was. Just, it should it have been funny. Amish. It should have been, yeah. It should have been something. It should have been vampire. It should have been Amish. It should have been in space. Oh, man. It was in space. That was true. Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. Uh, it, I just thought it was just kind of funny how... I, the one positive I will say for this book is that I do think the author put a lot of thought into um, taking these elements, like the Amish, the vampire in space, and he really thought it out and like figured out like a legitimate way to make that happen, I guess. But that's really where the praise ends. Um, <laughs> Because this, I mean, what is the story about, really? Like, who is our who is our protagonist, even? I don't know, Jebediah, It's I guess? Jebediah, yeah. which was a bummer. Yeah. She's, like, not very interesting. Also, not Amish anymore. No. Spoiler. Yeah. He was okay, like, yeah. fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say that I had very low expectations of this book. <laughs> And it met my extremely low expectations. <laughs> like, I, so, like, I, I did not find myself disappointed. I mean, I went into it knowing it was a 500-page novel about Amish zombies in space, which yeah. is, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of literary fiction, right? Like, <laughs> it, it, I did not expect it to be great. So in that way, I, I wasn't too disappointed with it, but I agree that there were a couple of things about the book which sort of drove me nuts. Number one, like, Grills. Griel's uh, um, line, and what's the name of the other guy? Kongi? Kanji or Kongi. Kanji, yeah. yeah. He, he also, like, both of those plot lines the whole time, I'm like, I really do not care about these characters. I was hoping at the oh, end of yeah. every single chapter about them that they would get killed. There was an nope. overabundance of POVs everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we stopped at every moment. Like, there was a point where he said three days later, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't even just, we didn't do any skipping. We, it was like basically real time. And then he would go back to that scene and look at it from a different way, which is like, I, I mean, I like POVs to an extent, yeah. but. A lot of them were just not necessary. Like the Samuel, like why are we spending so much time on Samuel? Yeah. I, did you guys have trouble with the time in this book? Like how much time had passed? Because there's, for me, I was really confused by the timeline because once they pick up all the Amish from Alabaster uh, and then they set their coordinates to, uh, what was the planet? Obelisk? Yeah. I think, yeah, and they're like, okay, it's gonna take nine days to get there, and I felt like so many more days had went by than <laughs> nine days. Like it felt like a month. Like uh, Jebediah's wife, who's pregnant. Um, uh, what's her character's name? Sarah. Sarah. Um, she's pregnant, and it, like it seems like while they're on the ship, like she's getting increasingly more and more pregnant. <laughs> like she goes from like yeah, not showing at all to like that's true. now she looks like she, maybe she's five months pregnant. I'm, I yeah, she's, she's just like, like spewing out the pheromones all over the place. Yeah, she has a superpower, <laughs> an unintentional <laughs> superpower where she smells uh, really bad to vampires because yes. she's pregnant. 
Which makes no sense. <laughs> Why would that be? <laughs> also, did, did you see, like, the frozen lady? Did you totally see her being a vampire, like, coming yeah. a million miles away? I Like, as soon as they introduce that character, I'm like, stake, stake that bitch. Like, yeah. do it. Well, I thought, when as soon as she was introduced, I was like, okay, well, that, that's the vampire lady. And then they went this other route and they kind of like forget about her for a while. And then they go back to her and I was like, oh, because there was this talk about, oh, maybe we need to uh, the line where they're they're talking about the first first is first or something like that. Uh, And I was like, oh, okay, well, she's the prime vampire. Then it's like it was just so obvious, you know, and like she's obviously like controlling grills the whole time because he's like obsessively like. In the middle of the night, like coming and like creepily staring at her. Or maybe yeah, yeah. a psychopath. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I will say that Darley was not surprised by any of that behavior. So yeah. Oh Darley. Yeah, Darley knew that like there was something shady going on with what was her name? Zendra? Zendra? Yeah. Tendra. Tendra. Yeah, that was close. And uh, she was like, Yeah, there's no way like this lady is into grills. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be into grills? Uh, well, also, okay, I, what really pissed me off is, all right, so Kongi is is uh, bit by some sort of, like, basically, I'm going to guess, like, a vampire bat or something. And yeah. that character never turns up again. The bat, the, the bat the, that's hanging out. Yeah, in the, I, yeah, I think it was it supposed to be the parasite. Yeah, that, something like that. Yeah. Well, he gets bit by something. Yeah, he that, like smacks it, and I thought it was a spider or something because he talks about looking at his hand, and there was like legs or something. Yeah, yeah, like it was some sort of like very small animal. And mm-hmm. was it a vampire spider? Is that what happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Also, um, singer. Girl, you gotta stay away from Seal. You know, like, you should not be dating your boss. Like, yeah. the whole time. I was like, hmm, like, don't do it, singer. Like, if she, if he can't accept that you are, like, a, like a weird Christian sci-fi person, then, like, like <laughs> let him go. Just, like, just, like, let that guy go. But yeah. he right? was okay with it. He was okay with it, but he was, like, he was, like, the sort of dude that was, like, uh, I guess I'll accept you because you're hot. Like, he was that sort of thing. Yeah. That was, yeah, I'm sure you guys noticed this, but, like, one of the things I noticed is, like, all the descriptions of all the female characters, it was all based on their level of attractiveness. It was, mm-hmm. like, uh, Singer is, she's very attractive. It would be, like, <laughs> hair color and then level of attractiveness. And it would be, like, Darby, <laughs> she has brown hair. And oh, she's, she's not attractive. She's fairly attractive. Not attractive enough. No, not she's only fairly and attractive. She's, she's sour, so that makes her less attractive. Yeah. So right. therefore, she's useless. Yeah. <laughs> but she wasn't. She was like the most useful character in, yeah. in the whole book. Like she did everything. She did all the sciencing. Yeah, Grizz yeah. was a sympathetic character. Darley the doctor was not a sympathetic character. <laughs> <laughs> How fucked up is that? <laughs> so oh, I guess Darley. like if you were to rate the level of Amish vampires in space i would say there's a large amount of space there's a moderate amount of vampires and there was some amish um i felt like they spent a lot of time about like how the amish people were like kind of dumb 
and they yeah. kind of couldn't. Like, it, they spent a lot of time on Samuel, who, by the way, like a badass saves everybody in the end, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that makes sense. But, like, everyone else, like, is just another Amish dude, right? Like, I had a really hard time compare like, before some of them became vampires, I had a hard time, like, personality-wise. Yeah, like, I'm like, wait, is this Samuel or is this Abraham? Like, I cannot <laughs> tell them apart. Yeah. Well, and, it, and that's part of the writing, like, going back to the descriptions, like, I still don't know what anybody looks like. In Except for the ladies, that they're attractive, right? Yeah, and, and like, that, <laughs> this vague idea of, like, attractiveness. Like, I don't know what, you know, their facial structures look like or anything. Like, there's just no character description, whatever. It's just, like, hair color, uh, beard, big, small, yeah. short, and that's it. Um, and also, there is a point that made me extremely mad in this, like, small moment where um, Seal... I think it was Seal, because I was like, this is a sympathetic character. Cialis Drake, you mean? Captain? (laughs) (laughs) Captain. Seal was, like, trying to talk to someone, and a face came up, and I think it was Tendra or something, and it was, like, and he he was mad, and then he said... He said he wanted to snap at her, but she's attractive and timid, mm. so he's not going to do that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Um. <laughs> also, there's a lot of pe- lot of guys calling a lot of girls young lady, which mm-hmm. made me feel very uncomfortable. Even <laughs> Seal 2 singer. Yeah. Which, is uh, which is weird, right? It's weird when you want to date someone and you call them like young lady. That's a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I didn't like it. That's a little bit odd. <laughs> um, I I have a passage I want to read that that Ooh. perfectly exemplifies the writing style of this. Wow. Steele was back in his office and feeling good, content. Things appeared to be progressing well, efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> he, he took that as a sign that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, being the best captain he could be. <laughs> yeah. I just like. Yeah, I, I had a real problem with the short sentences. Oh God! Fragment sentences everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you cut it out, it'd probably be a 250-page book. Yeah. I have a real issue with people that with writers that repeat the same thing. Like he just said the same thing twice each sentence. It was sort of like a Doge type of thing. Like, oh, must much efficient. <laughs> yeah. Sentences don't work that way, honey. <laughs> it's just like it I always call that fiction 101 cuz when I was in fiction writing in college, it was like everybody did that, yeah. you know. And it's just like if you don't say it right the first time, don't repeat a different word that means the exact same thing. Right. Pick a different word. And that's how it was like I eventually started like skimming description paragraphs because i could read the first sentence and know what it's what it's gonna say it's like there's like a full sentence then a fragment repeating the last adjective of whatever it was talking about a full sentence and then last adjective and then at the end there was like like it each paragraph went off into like some metaphorical bullshit like it was like it was like it really is a great metaphor for the world this ship it's like 
We're in the middle of a crisis, dude. We we don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I felt like at times this book, I mean, it wasn't too Christian-y, but it was, like, yeah. just Christian-y enough to be annoying at times, in yeah. which it was sort of, like, bitchy about the Amish, like, about how they just weren't understanding yeah. the Bible, right? Yeah. But, yeah, there's, like, definitely a theme here of, like, two differing, like, Christian ideologies, like, kind of, like, it's probably, like, the, like the strongest criticism I have of this book. It's, like, this idea that the Amish faith isn't quite good enough. Like, they, they're pacifists, so they don't want to, like, take up arms and, like, fight these vampires or whatever. And, you know, they don't want to leave their their planet that's going to, uh, their star is going to explode and they're all going to die. And then the message seems to be at the end that they were wrong all along. Like, just like the <laughs> yes. way the book told us. You know, they, in the epilogue, they made a point of saying, like, validating Jebediah's decision uh, to leave uh, Alabaster. And it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, four days after we left, like, the sun totally blew destroy that planet so you were right all along man 100 percent validation 100 percent. well i also had a problem with like the they had like a really good opportunity to like all right so they had to take this leap of faith and they get into they have this kind of kind of nice jonah whale thing going on right and that it's a literal giant blue ship Mm -hmm. and and they're kind of swallowed by it and I thought the way they were going to go in this book was when they started all being killed by vampires, someone was going to say that that was God punishing them for leaving Alabaster, right? Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was where they were going to go, and there was going to be this sort of, like, we never should have left, that we're being punished. But they never really parked on that, which I was kind of surprised. Because I thought that could have been kind of an interesting way of looking at, like, the society um, like how it broke apart in this vampire thing. But instead, like, everyone got, got bit, like, super quickly. Yeah. Um, so you didn't really see, like, that. I wish that they'd spent more of their 500 pages on, like, the ways in which the Amish society adapts to the fact that, like, half their people are vampires now, right? Yeah. That, I think that could have been more interesting. Yeah, a lot of things could have been more interesting. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was definitely a very overt, like, punishment to the Amish mm-hmm. for being the wrong kind of Christian. Yeah. And then you see at the end how they very vaguely say things are going to change. A lot of things are going to change. Oh, so the Amish are going to update their <laughs> things? That's like the thing of Amish, that yeah. they don't update their stuff. <laughs> they're, they're like Windows 95 until they die, right? Like, <laughs> that's their thing, right? Like That's their thing is not updating their society. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I agree that, like, we got a lot of point of views, but we didn't get a lot of lady point of views. Even Singer, like, mostly, we get, she doesn't really even interact very much with Darley, which is, like, the other lady character of substance. And Sarah is, like, you can't really get a good read on her. Sometimes she really, like, seems to be having some serious marital issues with Jodiah over this whole, he kept a, like, giant space space thing in their 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 basically their garage and didn't tell him like which i think i thought i thought like there would be much more issue with right like you kept this giant space thing and you activated it and you still didn't tell your wife right oh that's i got a good read on her because she was nothing (laughs) 
<laughs> she was everything that was okay with Jebediah. She was all right with everything. Oh, you lied to me for many years? Meh. Yeah, you're so sweet. Yeah. Oh, you're you're um, excommunicated from the group? Yeah, I gotta be with oh, my you're husband. You're such a stubborn man. <laughs> you're like obviously playing with those little technical toys that you shouldn't be playing with even if you are excommunicated? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I was trying to think of, um, I was trying to think of what she would be like. She's an inanimate object, obviously. She does. She doesn't. She's not a person. And I was like trying to think of like a word that would be a great word for her. And I came up with earmuffs <laughs> because, because they're like not particularly useful. Like, you only use them part of the season. Mm -hmm. But they're fuzzy. But they're fuzzy and they're warm. Mm -hmm. And they help your ears, which are, like, not, like, your entire body. But they're nice to be around. <laughs> it's just, like, one of those in, those inanimate objects that has, like, one use yeah. for one part of the season. That was her. That was just her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I And I imagine, like, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of romance between them. Um, there was a little bit at the beginning, like, there was, like, some kind of, like, cute, like, aww, mm -hmm. they love each other, but it wasn't, it was, like, it wasn't a, a big, a big part of the story. Um, it seemed more like there was a, a sort of, like, contract between them, like, like, yeah. uh, like, it was, like, on their wedding cake, it said, like, contractually obligated to each other. Like, yeah. Well, and I guess, I mean, they kind of are, too, because, I mean, I guess, you know, the Amish marry for life, so it's just like, even though he's been shunned by the community, like, she's still kind of stuck with him, mm -hmm. which I thought was... That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, how is that relationship going to work? Like, you're supposed to shun him, but you're supposed to still be married to him at the same time? Yeah. She became the equivalent of a single mom in their group they were like oh she'll be taken care of and then promptly turns away and doesn't even help her to her seat mm, no yeah mm. but actually that brings an important point so what did you guys think of the world building in this book awful it sucked <laughs> sucked <laughs> did you like it alana did you like any part of this book I liked this. I mean, it was like it wasn't like my favorite book, but I didn't hate it as much as the elf book we read. Oh, the elf book previously. was awesome. But I thought that the world building was very—I guess I'd say very thorough, right? Like it had a whole universe and it set it up very well. Like you knew kind of what to expect, and it was marginally expansive. Like you could sort of like see how a, a giant civilization would function in this way. Mm -hmm. um, like the whole idea of basically like this like society based on UPS. You know, um, like, like this idea of people who just deliver things and they don't really live on any particular thing, but they're not really pirates. Um, they're just like UPS dudes yeah. that, that, you know, like they, they're, and it was kind of interesting and I thought that was kind of a cool part. Like I could tell that the person who was doing this had some like understanding of sci-fi. Um, yeah. and, and the, the book did do a good job of building tension because, like, there are parts in which you're like, oh, people are going to die. But I agree it took a long while to get to the people, the people vampiring. Yeah. Um, I think it, yeah. I think a lot of the tension was lost, actually, because there is a lot of, like, lead up where um, you would flash to, like, 
Kongi, and then he's doing something nefarious, and then we would go back to the Amish. But the pacing's all off because we would flash to Kongi for like 30 pages, and yeah. then he does something nefarious, and nothing happens. And then we flash to the Amish, which nothing is happening. Yeah. I, and real quick, I want to bring up uh, there's a typo in my, my version of the book. It's not a typo. Where, where uh, uh, Kongi's name. Uh, instead of an I at the end, there's like an A, and so like when I so when I read it, it like I read Conga, and I was like, wait, is this guy's name in Conga the whole time? And I just been reading it wrong in my mind. But no, it's just it was Oh, just, that would have made it really good. Like if his name was Conga, and then you know it might as would... well be. Like... Yeah. Also, um, the. These are the kinds of vampires that I hate the most, which is the the vampires as a virus, or as like a. It wasn't even a virus; it was like a parasite. Yeah, he was like, yeah, "Oh, it's was... new! It's a parasite! It's not a virus." That also conveniently still holds, even though we're like hundreds of years in the future. It still holds these ancient like um, vampire movie tropes, like you know, weaknesses to the sun, like the stake to the heart. Um, what else? Blood sucking. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I, I was also like, I remember hearing like uh, something kind of on the internet somewhere where it's like, you know, the, about how like basically spreading through blood is like not an efficient way to do any sort of virus because it's not airborne or anything. Because they're always like, you know, how like that one dog had you know rabies. You know, do you remember like the next week when all the other dogs had rabies on in the entire world? No, because right. because spreading things by blood is like really hard. Yeah, right? that's like, a good point. You have to have. So like, I thought it was kind of like like I couldn't see it spreading that quickly, even if they were biting everyone else that they could, because people run away and that will slow down your your spread, right? Like eventually, people will start running away, right? Yeah. So I thought that was a little bit, like, unbelievable in terms of the story. And I agree that they were the sort of vampires that are sort of convenient because the vampirism not also gives you, like, superhuman strength. And it also apparently allows you to echolocate. Yeah. Like, those that are, that's a pretty overpowered parasite. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel like if you're going to, like, in general... What they were doing was it be, it became it's humans that become something else and they become like sort of mindless beasts mm-hmm. and I feel like vampires are like predators that are intelligent and then if you're gonna go with the mindless beast thing you might as well do zombies. Which lot. is apparently the next book in the series. Yeah, <laughs> Amish Amish zombies in space. <laughs> so for people who would like to continue mm-hmm. in this area. But go on, go on. Tell us, Wendy, in a rant form, why it sucks to be a vampire in a romance novel. Flawless segue. <laughs> Plus five. Well, um, this is not the type of vampire that I was thinking of, mostly. I've been reading a lot of vampire books, and they're always, like, you know, like, aristocratic white guys that have lived for a thousand years <laughs> like meet some white human chick <laughs> and he's like oh my god I suddenly have a heart and then they like hang out together 
<laughs> as like general vampire story, yeah. I just wrote an entire novel for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I, so you know, like vampires are cool, but I would never want to be one. Like, would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? What about you? I would. I would be a werewolf. Me too. All the way. What about you? I'd probably be a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have some debate going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point, counterpoint. Well, but I, I will say, like, I don't think I want to be the type of vampire that's in this book. Uh, oh, yeah. Because the whole thing that turns me away from wanting to be a werewolf is, like, the idea of turning into a hideous monster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also what happens to the vampires in this book. They just inexplicably turn into... Oh, bat, yeah. bat humans? That was weird. No. <laughs> um, Batman, if you will. Yeah, exactly. But also, I feel like shapeshifter slash werewolf is is an okay thing. Because then you like you're like a human that's like hot, but you can turn into like a cool animal. Yeah. Those are cool. Well, I guess it depends on like what type of werewolf we're talking about. Here. Yeah. Or change at will werewolf. Change at will. Yeah. Okay. No, I still choose vampire. <laughs> you do get to live forever, which that's is the true. nice part about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I guess that's technically a, a curse theory. Mm. Yeah. To, I feel like me. I would be full full of ennui if I lived a long time. I would be like, ah, nothing, nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's. You would never get anything urgent. done because you'd be like, eh, I can do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, efficiency yeah. would drop. <laughs> Um, I, I hate the color maroon. That's why I don't want to be a vampire. I don't, (laughs) okay, so vampire dress code is, like, 90s goth, and it's, like, it's, like, but, like, high class, so you have to wear, like, satin and silk and, and ruffles. Ruffles, Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you feel about wearing ruffles, Justin? Okay. (laughs) He's like, bring it on, all the ruffles. <laughs> Immortality, yeah. ruffles, all right. <laughs> also, bustiers, high heels. I just, I don't want to do any of that. I, You know, like, shapeshifters and werewolves, they get to wear, like, earth tones. They get to wander around in their sweatpants. <laughs> There's a lot of sweatpants in, in, in shapeshifter lore. Like, they're basically, like, the bros of... <laughs> Like they're just they're just trying to be themselves, you know. Yeah, like, they're just they're crazy. hanging out. They're just hanging out. Also, um, you know how like every vampire woman has has red lipstick. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ever put red lipstick on if you're a vampire? You literally have to put your mouth on somebody else's neck. It's gonna go everywhere. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe also, like, maybe hundreds of years of practice makes you really good at makeup. Because, like, you have a chance to go to, like, every Sephora demonstration (laughs) ever. (laughs) Just, like, just, like, you know, your whole life to, like, get it down, right? Like, I mean, they're probably changing it, like, every 50 years. But, yeah. (laughs) They do always look very well put together for, like, if I was alive for, like, over 100 years, I'd be, like... Forget this. I'm going to wear sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, it's um, another thing that's tough about vampires is that there's always someone older than you. 
you know? Yeah, so there's like, always a vampire lived, that's... Yeah, yeah. you've lived, like, 500 fucking years. Like, that's a long freaking time, you know? Right. And then it's, like, uh, Amadeus or whoever is, like, living for a thousand. Like, God damn it! how am I supposed to beat that? Yeah, you're never gonna beat them, because they're always gonna be, like, yeah, plus X, you know? Like, you can never get ahead. Right? Like, there's always going to be a more powerful vampire than you. And vampires are always extremely structured. There's always, Mm -hmm. like, a sire and then a grandsire and then there's some kind of tribunal. I'm pretty sure it's, like, the same thing as jury duty. Vampires, like, they get a letter in their mail. (laughs) And then they're like, fuck, I have to go to tribunal again. And, like, wear a stupid robe and be, like, really high on a throne. And then tell people they have to, like, make up a weird punishment or something. They're, like, coming to my house to do lots of jury duty. (laughs) Also, there's, like... um, you know, like, unless you're on the top, like, it probably sucks. Because you know how you always read, like, one book I read, um, va- the vampire was Dracula. <laughs> so he was, like, you know, 400 or whatever. And so he had a whole bunch of servants who were also vampires, who were, like, 300. And one that was, like, a 1,000. And you know what they did all day? They were footmen in his mansion. They just, like, what? stood around. I was like, there's no way I'm taking immortality yeah. to, like, stand around. Yeah. Not going to do that. And, and vampires are always, like, the most passive-aggressive people in any romance novel. Like, they're just like, fine, do what you want, mortal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, they're always, like, they're often overpowered, but they just spend, I mean, I'm thinking of, like, the Edward type of of vampire that just is, like, sitting around, like, waiting for, like, mortals to get their shit together, right? Like, you think that you would, you think that, like, with the, you know, thousand years of life, you would figure out better ways to communicate, right? (laughs) Like, you would, you would learn some, some skills, some skills for communicating with other people. No. No. Nah. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, they also, like, also, if you live a long time, this goes for anybody who's immortal, you, are, you have this, like, weird pressure to, like, be in a historical place and be friends with a historical figure. You know how, like, you know how, like, every person that's immortal is like, oh, yeah, I, like, hung out with Hitler, and then I, like, (laughs) you know, talked to Mussolini, and then I, like, you know, was with Attila the Hun, and (laughs) Caesar, and just, like, all these people, and I'm, like, every time they do it, I'm like, no, you fucking weren't. (laughs) <laughs> like how, how did you know? Like I can, yeah, I can just imagine some like poor poor vampire who's like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be at every historical event, and then he like goes to like South America, and then something happens in Russia, and he's like, fuck, he's like, no. <laughs> Like they have the worst FOMO ever because they 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 have the opportunity to go to every major world event and they're like, get it! I didn't know that was gonna happen in Liechtenstein. Damn, that's the least least uh, likely place. Uh, that's why they're so uh, passive aggressive babies. They're just so bummed out that they've missed everything. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> also, yeah, vampirism always comes with like a thousand rules. Yeah. You can't, you know, like you have to do this and this and this and this. Um, like that sucks too. And there's like, there's usually government that vampires have. And it's usually like highly structured. It's always like parliamentary and like the shapeshifters government is always like, we have two leaders and then two other leaders. Like it's always like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> like there's two top leaders and then there's four leaders underneath and then there's, you know. <laughs> and they're very clearly marked out. Alpha, beta. <laughs> it's not like high chancellor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's not like, you know, rules of engagement of various varieties. Like people, you know, fight each other for various reasons and... <laughs> It works out. Also, blood is really hard to get out of your clothes. Yeah. Uh, That's true. I don't... <laughs> we all know this from personal experience. <laughs> high fives all around. High fives all around. All right. Um, any other last... Okay, I guess we did this for other ones, but everyone, what is the moral... Of the story in Amish vampires in space. Don't be Amish. Yeah, don't be Amish. <laughs> <laughs> there be is... the right kind of Christianity. Yeah, the right be kind, the right of, kind Christianity. of Christianity. Yeah. That's that's the tagline. I I was I would find myself very pleasantly like like UPS will save your ass. I think that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> they can handle anything in this story. <laughs> gonna ship them in the future. Go out and buy the stock now because they're gonna they're gonna. Own our future in the, in the area. Yeah, that is our. Thank you very much, Justin, oh. for being our our person. I know it's not always easy as a as a dude to be on a ladies' romance novel. No, I, I loved it. And 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 we commend you for for being on this book club and and reading this five hundred page monstrosity yeah. Amish yeah, it Amish was, novel. It was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> it was worth, this conversation has made it all worth it. <laughs> I've actually uh, I've been looking forward to this all week. So, I mean, uh, but man, I, I I took a really long time to get started with the book. So yesterday when I was finishing it up, I basically spent all day reading this. I had like three hundred pages left, and I was like, oh, man, it's gonna be a long day. <laughs> We were all talking about how, like, Wendy was saying, she's like, I gotta read 60 more pages today. It was one of those novels. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I was like, um, I'm an adult reading program, like, at my, like, local public library, and so I'm like, I gotta spend, like, at least five hours on this, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Spend a bunch of time working on it. Yeah, it was a long book. It was such a relief when it was over. But lots to talk about. It really did end exactly as you expected, so... That was vaguely satisfying and also exhausting. Like, you could have done this so much quicker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this could have been 300 pages shorter, for sure. This, this didn't need to be as long as it was. And, you know, what? I like, I did some reading on, uh, well, it's actually on the book cover, but, like, the guy who wrote this, like, I thought it was strange. Like, this is, like, his sixth book, but, uh, which it says uh, on the cover, but, uh um, they made a point in saying, like, he used to be, like, a tech guy. Like, he used to work in Silicon Valley, and, like, he worked for some company called Fox Corp or whatever, and he was, like, a programmer. And then he was, like, Bill Gates's one of Bill Gates's lackeys at Microsoft. 
And then it was just like, this is his sixth book. And I was like, this? Like, it's because it's not a girl book. Yeah. Well, I, I think they said also in the introduction that they had thought of the title as a joke, the publisher had, yeah. and made the, and then, and then the guy's like, no, seriously, I think I can write this book. Yeah. And then they wrote it later. So I feel like it was like a concept before it was a book. Yeah, it was like, it's like a creative writing exercise gone awry. Oh god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it felt a lot like a short story that was five hundred pages long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next month it's me and Wendy solo again, and we are doing Clean Sweep by Alona Andrews, which we're both super excited about. Yes. Clean Clean Sweep is by um, so Alona Andrews is an author who writes the Kate Daniel series, who we both super like, mm-hmm. and we have not read um, her her like sweep. I forget the name of the actual things, but this is the first book in that series. So feel free to read along with us um, as we do that. Um, thanks again, Justin, for being on our podcast. Well, and thank you, Wendy, for being my co-podcast person. And thank you, theoretical people who are listening to this. <laughs> Hopefully on iTunes, right? Like, well, on yeah, iTunes. Yeah. That's great. Write a comment on, on our on the blog if you get this far yeah if you get this far please do just so that we know that anyone i did notice my friend karen stouffer on facebook when i posted my recipes like where is the link for the podcast so maybe we have more than justin who is listening (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so that's the end thank you Wendy and Alana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo!